the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. iHeartTuneInRadio.com apps. Download our own app. Search 989FM The Answer in the iTunes and Google Play Store. U.S. Senate candidate Mike Gibbons. Front runner, according to the polls, on the Republican side will join us, 1205. It's always a pleasure for me to welcome to the show uh, professors from Cedarville University. It is a university that is uh, a great place for you to send your kids to get an authentic Christian education. A lot of schools say they have an affiliation or a devotion to Christianity. A lot of them don't. Cedarville does. And so it's always nice to have Dr. Glenn Doerr on the program with us. He is a professor whose expertise runs uh, into the issue that is in front of us now in the news, Ukraine and Russia. So, Dr. Doer, thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about what you see there. The report's just out. Uh, Mariupol, a bomb hits a children's hospital. Vladimir Putin does not appear to be very... uh, discriminate in what he's hitting and uh, how often he's hitting it. Uh, your view of his actions in Ukraine painted as a desire to put the old Soviet Union back together. Do you agree with that assessment of what he's doing and why he's doing it? Uh, in part, I think uh, the, the entirety of the Soviet Union would have to piece together 15 different countries. Uh, a good number of them are very strongly and very closely connected to Russia anyhow, so there is, there is some logic in that. And certainly what he's doing in Ukraine would fit that bill as well. In terms of his actions within Mariupol and and other cities, carpet bombing, unfortunately, is nothing new for Vladimir Putin. He did it in Chechnya in 1999, 2000, uh, brutally hitting Grozny, the capital city, and then really repeating it in in parts of northwest Syria, uh, in particular in Idlib province. And so... This is this is part of his regular playbook. Uh, but in terms of what he's trying to accomplish as well, it looks like a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. And then uh, we'd have to watch carefully for places like Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania that were part of the Soviet Union, but are now NATO and EU members as well. You mentioned... Uh... Estonia, Latvia, EU, uh, EU members and NATO members, and that would, of course, uh, require or compel a United States response, a NATO response. Uh, do you believe Putin is not cowed by that, or do you believe that uh, he understands how far that he can go? Uh, because obviously we've, we've let him go this far. I think our sanctions have been uh, inadequate, to say the least. And uh, took too long to impose. But what do you think his uh, eventual game plan is here? Vladimir Putin is a master at pushing at the red lines. He knows he knows the line, and he knows how to go just a little over it to say something to divide NATO, to divide the West. 
but also not far enough to elicit a response. And so it's very dangerous when we consider our allies. Uh, Estonia has a large ethnic Russian population in its northeast. Latvia, the same thing in its southeast. And it's a potential place where Putin could go next. The good news is that the Ukrainian response has been massive and very significant. And it's been very, very difficult for Putin's forces to gain ground. Uh, although we will have to watch the forthcoming weeks and months around Kiev and Kharkiv, the two largest cities, because it looks like Russian troops are advancing significantly. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, U.S. response has, has been slow. Uh, sanctions have been good but late uh, and certainly could do a fair bit more. And now there's a real uh, challenge in the energy sector, to put it mildly, in terms of how to uh, keep gas prices down, the U.S. and allied economies going, but simultaneously uh, impacting Russia and sending a message there. Dr. Glenn Dewar is our guest. He's an associate professor of international studies at Cedarville University. And here's the thing. I, I view this as uh, a couple things I have a hard time reconciling. I'm, I'm pro-life. And we sort of compartmentalize that as, well, you're protecting babies in the womb. If you're pro-life, I look at what's going on in Ukraine, and it's very hard for me to feel good about not coming to the aid of women and children and fleeing refugees in Ukraine. I'm respectful of the fact that, oh, we can't start World War III. Well, to me, uh, we didn't start this. It's in process. And I also find it nonsensical that we're playing this do si about planes for uh, Ukraine, where we won't supply planes to Ukraine, we're fine if Poland supplies the planes, and we'll give our planes to Poland. And now Poland says, no, no, we'll give the planes to you, and you give them to Ukraine, and the United States says no. It feels like we want to appear like we are really all in and supporting the people of Ukraine, but I don't find that to be uh, an authentic position given our actions in these matters. It's a very difficult line because um, there's a lot that could escalate very, very quickly, and, and it gets into utilitarian-type calculations of, of number of dead. Uh, but you're absolutely right. When we look at the images and we see the suffering and we think about Jesus' uh, commands to love our neighbors, and you know, really we're, we're not doing that for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. And so uh, there's a lot more that could be uh, put in place uh, you mentioned the MiG-29s from, from Poland. It's a great way of at least giving the Ukrainians a fighting chance. Uh, Russia has not been, uh, it has air superiority, but it hasn't been uh, as demonstrable as it probably should have been. The Ukrainians have been very good at shooting down helicopters and, and jets and drones and things of that nature. And so uh, there's been a significant pushback, but uh, certainly there's an awful lot more that we could be doing especially in terms of humanitarian aid. You think of what the Poles are doing in terms of absorbing uh, over a million refugees from Ukraine. Uh, the United States really needs to get moving a lot quicker, the U.N. as well, because uh, this, is, this has been in process, and uh, we also do have the uh, systems in place to, to come alongside countries. And so uh, there's a lot more movement that could be done very, very quickly. And I concur with you. There's a lot that's happening that really uh, should be done to help those in, in need in Ukraine. 
Our guest is Dr. Glenn Doerr. He is a professor of international studies at Cedarville University. He's the author of a book, Secessionism and the European Union, and the author of an upcoming book, Blood Bombs and Independence. Uh, from your research for those books and uh, the one that is coming out, Blood Bombs and Independence, uh, I assume you saw a lot of this or the danger for a lot of this on the horizon. Uh, how does this fit into a larger picture? Someone with your understanding would have that. Someone with mine, uh, understand, my understanding, I don't pay attention to these events nearly as much as you do. What should we know about how this developed and maybe where it's headed? Absolutely. In terms of uh, Ukraine, uh, Putin has, has learned lessons of history. Uh, when you think about Adolf Hitler, he moved very, very quickly throughout various different territories. Putin has been much more calculating, slower, uh, understanding where red lines are. But he's done much of the same type of actions in terms of uh, smashing uh, um, civilian areas, uh, annexing places uh, that should be illegal under international law, abrogating human rights. Uh, and so a lot of the, the foundations put in place by the greatest generation after World War II to maintain a more peaceable world that would thrive economically has begun to, to splinter. And we just haven't had uh, leadership that's really stood up to that. And, and it is a careful calculation because it, it could threaten a much, much wider war. But in terms of what's been happening in Ukraine, um, it, it's devastating because a, a lot of this was, was evident to, to many of us watching it, uh, especially in terms of a buildup uh, of military forces, especially in terms of uh, putting together a $630 billion stockpile. And, and then it gets back to energy policy as well, because uh, while it's noble to push for renewable sources and to uh, steward the planet well, at the same time, it's opened the door to despots who continue to sell oil, uh, whether it's in Russia or Venezuela or Iran, uh, all three countries that are big abusers of human rights and, and really not doing enough to engage the average citizen in those countries, many of whom oppose their, their own governments. And so uh, there are massive dangers on the horizon if this, if this is not stopped in Ukraine, because you know, where will it continue to go? Uh, if, if Putin is serious about putting together the old Soviet Union or trying to push apart NATO, as he's, as he's done a lot, he's put a, Putin has put a ton of money uh, into political parties on the left and on the right in Europe uh, as a means of trying to divide NATO and tr trying to divide the European Union. And we've got to see through these things because otherwise uh, we're going to have a world with a lot less liberty uh, in, the, in the forthcoming decades. Dr. Glenn Doerr, Cedarville University, Associate Professor of International Studies, our guest. You mentioned that a lot of uh, citizens in these countries don't support the leaders who are doing what they're doing. And I wonder, um, I've said before, the sanctions on Vladimir Putin have somewhat of a limited effect economically because my perception is, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, He's not accountable to his citizens in the same way that an American politician is accountable. We have a, an election coming up, a midterm election. We have a presidential election every four years. And, you know, while you can't immediately get someone out of office, eventually a politician here is accountable to his people. But my perception of it is he's not accountable to his people over there, and he may not even care 
if they're crushed by the consequences of economic sanctions against Russia. And then you hear, well, he's accountable to the oligarchs. And I don't understand who they are. I know they're very wealthy people and they're friends of his. But is Vladimir Putin accountable to the consequences of sanctions? No, he's not. And uh, even though Russia has regular elections at the presidential level, at the legislative level, uh, and at the local level, uh, as do the people in Iran, uh, they're not free nor fair elections. Uh, to give credit where it's due, uh, in Iran, they from time to time spring a surprise, but it's in no way, shape, or form comparable to what we have in the West or many other democratic countries around the world. Uh, and so it's going to sound like to the average viewer, well, that's weird because they have elections, hmm. and yet you're telling me they're not democratic. And and indeed, uh, Putin controls a massive amount of the state media, uh, whether it's Russia Today or Sputnik or uh, many other television shows. Uh, they are slanted heavily, heavily in his favor, and people have been removed for speaking out. Moreover, uh, if you're a legitimate candidate like Alexei Navalny in Russia, you cannot run uh, for political office. And it's very similar in Iran as well. And so uh, in the United States, you know, the beauty of our system is that anyone can run. Anyone can put their uh, foot out there uh, and say to the people, well, well, do you want me or not? You know, here's, here's where I stand. And so that's the, the real challenge in Russia, because there was a significant democratic opening in the 1990s. It looked like things were moving a lot in the right directions. But then Putin made some pretty massive changes to the Constitution as well as to the media. And it's just been uh, effectively a show wherein people are elected from different parties, but they are so wildly extreme that Putin seems like the sensible candidate. And so Putin will keep out anyone who's a legitimate uh, uh, opponent and keep in those that will make him look uh, – sensible. And, and so examples of that are uh, there's a communist candidate that runs every time that usually wins 10 to 15 percent of the vote. There's a very, very far right candidate that runs every time that wins around 10 percent of the vote. But outside of that, there are very few people that can even oppose Putin uh, legitimately. So he stays in power uh, over time. And so uh, it's been very good to see massive protests in Russia uh, these are not new. There were significant protests around the 2011 legislative election when it was clearly fraudulent. Uh, and some areas of Russia that have been pro-Putin in the past have also come out to protest. And so there are a lot of people in Russia who see this as an aggressive war, but the media has maintained a very staunch position uh, in order to, to not... Uh, you know, not to give the Ukrainian side or really the, the global side or the fair side in this. And so uh, it's, it's unfortunately encapsulated a population that don't know what is really happening. Well, you've given us a great perspective on it, Dr. Doerr. I appreciate your time and, uh, and your information for my audience very much. I hope you'll join us again. Will do. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Dr. Glenn Doerr, Cedarville University, with a unique perspective on the Russia-Ukraine crisis. I appreciate the perspective of Dr. Glenn Doerr very much, Cedarville University, and uh, 
as we were discussing the Russia-Ukrainian situation, uh, the Kiev Independent, which is a uh, verified site, 1.7 million followers, uh, English language journalism site in uh, it's it's the it's not Kiev. I don't know how to pronounce this. It's K Y I V. So that's a major city in Ukraine. They have video footage of a children's hospital, which has just been damaged. I don't want to say hit by a Russian bomb, but it has definitely been damaged. The windows are blown out. The courtyard is eviscerated. Uh, one particular building has taken the major brunt of this damage. Uh, Vladimir Zelensky says there are still adults and kids under the rubble. Number of victims yet unknown. And this gets back to the point that Ben Dominich of the Federalists made the other night on Special Report, which is that in this era where we have instant access to the atrocities of war, will there be a picture, will there be a broadcast that compels the Biden administration, to do something that it has so far been reticent to do, which is more than half measures to really help the Ukrainian people. They finally got around to banning Russian oil imports yesterday when they were forced to do that by the outcry of Americans at a time when we're paying already record gas prices. And I don't think anybody's unclear on the fact that Banning Russian oil will make gas prices go higher, or at least will give the Biden administration a convenient excuse, a way to camouflage its own role in the increase of gas prices. But Americans don't care about that. I've said before, if the real reason for higher gas prices was that we were four square behind the people of Ukraine and that we were all, to coin a Joe Biden term, paying our fair share in order to protect Ukrainian citizens? Okay, fine. I can live with that. But to know that, I'm paying more at the pump, a needless, ridiculous, escalating amount at the pump, because the Biden administration has turned its back on domestic oil production. And then to see video of women and refugees going across bridges that have been indiscriminately blown up by Vladimir Putin, those two images don't square. They are both unavoidable and the Biden administration is unwilling or too impotent to do anything about either one of them while lying to us that they're doing everything they can. Mike Gibbons wants to change that. He wants to be the new senator from the state of Ohio. He's running. He's on the Republican side. He's leading the polls. And we will talk to him next on The Bruce Hooley Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.